Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Josh and Jason Monday Christian and Conspiracy Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Monday. If you don't know me, I'm a Christian rapper, devoted husband, father, and army veteran. And uh, today we have a returning guest. This is going to be part two to our our debate slash discussion last week on uh, flat versus globe and heliocentricity versus geocentricity. Um, yeah, Terrell, thank you so much for coming back. How you doing? Great. Thank you for having me. Stoked. Ready to go. Yeah, no problem. It looks like I'm having uh, no view. No one can see me. Uh, I guess it's going to be all right. Uh, let's see. Hide self view. Nope. Oh, that's kind of weird. Okay. All right, but go, go ahead if you want to uh, start your uh, presentation or what, whatever you'd want to go with. There we go. Okay. So is it, it going to be a similar format? 10 minute, 10 minute, and then question back and forth? Um, yeah. Oh, do you want to do a 10 minute intro? Well, I mean, you're, you know, it's your show. So uh, I want to know what kind the rules of, are. Well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we're kind of just picking up where we left off last time. Um, okay. but if you would like to do a full 10 minute intro, then, then go ahead. Oh, no it won't take that long. So okay. this is, uh, first of all, this is my website. I'm Terrell at Terrell03.com. I'm a Bible scholar, wrote my book, The Mystery Explained. 2005 published it this is a copy of my book mystery explained god's wisdom hidden in plain sight have i um from a family of ministers we're military and we're and we're ministers and that the family reunions well when my uncles were alive <laughs> we had a lot of knockdown drag outs because i generally do not agree with uh with their interpretations but um anyway this is my website right here and i'm conspiracy theorist if you can call me that, if you want, just like Josh, cover 9-11 inside job, which scripture was my first grand conspiracy. I never anticipated going out of God's word. And that after the book was written, the Lord God uh, had me investigate 9-11, five years. We're going to do a show on that March 30th coming up. And then when that was done, there's a PDF book that you can get. And then... Uh, after that was completed, then the Elenin comet was discovered, and then 9/11 uh, backwards, Elenin. So my, I'm a keyword analyst. I did that with scripture, did that with the Quran, did that with pretty much everything that I come in contact with. That's the way my mind works, and saw the patterns in scripture, and then saw the patterns in the 9/11 documentation. Most certainly, an inside job. Most certainly, we'll get into that on the next time. So uh, then this uh, biological weapon deal came out not going to go into that too much because i know this is on youtube so you can get all your information right here and over at substack okay that's like a lead in so i can segue over into this debate so if you come down to my substack you see there's all kinds of articles including this one the earth is round rotating sphere like all the stars and the planets and the cosmos this wasn't written just recently september 22nd near the uh the equinox and uh this topic came up and needed to be addressed, I thought. So you can check me out over here. The Earth is round and we've got images of the planets, Mars, Mercury, and the sun. They all are rotating spheres. And, you know, just looking through telescopes, time zones. This is my original presentation. Ties together is an image of the Pentagon building right there. And then this next one is... This is a picture of my desk, by the way. My mother, this is taken in the 40s. So anyway, this is 
the earth that I live on in my universe. And this is our first debate that we had. You can check this out. This is kind of bringing you up to date of where we're at. Then Josh wanted to do a part two. And so I said, okay, so we're going to have a part two in the debate. And he says 28th, but we discussed that earlier. It was, it was for the last day of February, you know, with the leap year. And so at this time, I took it upon myself to, I'm a little bit concerned because the terror cells are about to be activated. I'm like, is this really the important topic that we want to do? And so bars are going up on my windows. This is the things that I'm, this is what I'm doing. And the Dragon Day movie, I think everybody should watch it. That's similar to what's about to happen now. Okay. So here we are, and we're doing our next debate. And there was a little, and if you look at our last debate, then you you were saying there were a different number of time zones. So I just put it in the search here. How many time zones are there in 24 regions? And there seems to be a debate about the number of time zones, but, you know, I pull up the charts, the maps. 24 time zones. And here's the map of the 24 time zones right here. You'll see that, like China, they have like they won't have one time for the whole place. So different countries do different things, but generally, that here we are in the east coast right here. I'm in the central, so the sun came up over here, you know, and then hour later comes up here, hour later, hour later, hour later, all the way around the planet. I've got some pages pulled up for that. This little box thing it gets right in my way. My apologies for that. Let me move it down here and see what happens. Okay, so I just pulled up some pages here. The My case was made in our last debate. There's really nothing that I really want to add to that. So I said, okay, let's pull up some pictures. I mean, let's pull up some times. Because for me, it seems like that the time zones, 24, and the Earth being 24,000 miles in circumference and are turning at 1,000 miles per hour, that explains why the sun comes up. The sun's up here right now, where I'm at in the central time zone. It's not up where you are out in California, and it won't be for about two hours. And so I, I just put it in here, sunrise in New York City, 6.31 a.m. What you're going to find is I'm going to go all the way around the world. In all of these cities, the sun comes up between 6.30 and 7. So let's just go by the time zone. This is me here in Harrison, Arkansas, 6.43 a.m. And we go to Denver at 6.34 a.m. But you see the clock is an hour later. And San Francisco, 6.41 a.m. So at 6.41 a.m., where you're sitting is pretty much where the sun's going to come up. Has it come up yet? And then keep on going around Hawaii. The sun comes up at 6.52 a.m., their local time. And then Tokyo, it's a little bit different. So it depends on this time zone. If you're on the eastern side of the time zone or the western side of the time zone, it comes up a little bit later if you are further to the west, which would be, that's the way it should be, right? If it's around round planet. Then um, Beijing is between 6.30 and 7, also 6.48. And then we go to Ukraine, 6.42. Looking at the number, and see that gives you the number of daylight hours, and you see that's almost the same number. And it, it does vary depending on how far north you are on the planet because of the way the angle of the 23 and a half degrees. So in Rome, what time does the sun come up? 6.45 a.m. That's because the earth is turning. And then United Kingdom, 6.46 a.m. So I'm just going around the world. And 
I used to live in Bermuda for a little while, I used to work overseas. 6.47 a.m. Those were going around the earth. 6.47 a.m. And then here's a little video and it shows the earth. See, this is a stationary satellite in space. So as the earth is going around, then the earth is frozen motionless. And you're seeing the angle going to 23 and a half degrees. And if you look at the dates, you see this is, well, you can't see very well. This is May, June, July, August, September. See the September and March is where you have the equinox. That's whenever this is pretty much straight up and down. And the solstice is on the either end whenever you're at 23 and a half degrees. So if, if the world is round and we're going around the sun and we're at the same 23 and a half degrees, then we're tipping in the wintertime, the Northern hemisphere tips toward the sun. And on, on February, the, I'm sorry, January 2nd is the perihelion when we're nearest the sun. And then whenever in July the 4th, we're the furthest distance away and we're tipped away from the sun, the Northern hemisphere. That's exactly what this shows. And according to, uh, you know, all the science that I understand. So I just, oh, the, I was grabbing an image of the, trying to get you the best time zone chart. Then a little factoid. I got a picture from Mount Everest, tallest peak on the planet. So how far do you think that you can see standing on the top of Mount Everest? Got an idea? Because in a flat earth, you'd be able to see pretty darn far. The answer is about 220 miles is from the highest point that's how far the horizon is and there is a way to determine the formula for determining how many miles an individual can see at higher levels is the square root of his altitude times 1.225 so on a clear day at a thousand feet a person with normal vision could see 39 miles see now this is true everywhere in the world every mountain doesn't matter where you go same rule because the earth has the same curvature all the way around. So on a flat earth, I would expect that there would be half the world would have the same sunset and sunrise and the other half on the other half. That's if you have a pancake earth on the north. And I'm trying to understand this. I don't, there's, there's different interpretations for the flat earth. And I don't quite understand it yet. But um, if it's a coin thing that's flipping, then half the earth would have the same sunrise and sunset. And what you said earlier, then you have a local sun and a local sun that, and you'd have to have a local moon too, right? And so it moves in such a way that the, the, the problem that I have with that is the, this local sun would have to be extremely close to the earth to be able to give you these different times all around the world. And what I know from, uh, from science is that light travels 180 you know, it's, it takes eight minutes for the light from the earth, from the sun to get to the earth. We know that because of the magma wave, uh, not magma, that's inside the earth, of the solar streams. So you get a belch off the planet. You get a wave that comes off, causes a G1, G2 storm, but there's a time differential. So when the sun, boom, the eruption happens, it takes two to three days traveling at, you know, high velocity. And so knowing the speeds, knowing the distance, and then we get hit by the wave, the bow shock, the magnetosphere compresses. So those are things that you can time that tells you the distance and it's 93 million miles away. And so understanding of the science, it's the way that I see things, 
Let's see, what was this next one? I'm almost, I'm almost, oh, the, the distance. You're, you're getting, well, I think you're getting, you're pretty close to, to 10 minutes, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, finish. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm at the end of my, you see, I'm at the end. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Just saying. Okay, so then this is just an image taken from the satellite that's going around the Earth. You know, the, the space station that's out there. Oh, I didn't want this sound. My apologies for that. It's, I can't hear the sound. You're good. No worries. Okay. So this is it's just a satellite, you know, going around the Earth. There's lots of satellites up there. This is one that has a camera on it, the space station, and it's going around, and it's showing. It's, it's going around in similar fashion as I just did with the time zones. So notice half of it, it's light, half of it's dark all the time. There's no variance in that. There's my home state of Florida where I used to live. And so it's from my perspective in the round earth, then um, it's pretty easy. That's a fish eye lens though. <laughs> to see that. Okay. So that's my view from the round earth perspective. Perfect. And so then, you know, I turn the mic over to you, brother. No problem. So uh, you're invoking NASA, which you already told me you don't believe. So, uh, and that's also a fisheye lens. And and I and I'm not a thousand percent, hundred percent convinced that that's even like a real uh, uh, video. You know, because we, you know, as you know, NASA faking stuff all the time. We talked about the moon landing is fake. Lots of they do. But anyways, so we'll just uh, we'll keep going. Um, so guys, last debate was fun. It was awesome. Um, I had a good time with you, Terrell, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming out. And um, let's see. Uh, I want to try to. I want to try to share screen as well, so we have it side by side, which is pretty cool. That's probably why it looks weird. Um, okay. Share screen. Let's see, how do I share my screen? Nope. Sorry, guys. I just had it before he came on. <laughs> um, yeah, I just shared screen before he came. Uh, I mean, before we actually went live. Let's see. Um, it was in your options. I think it's three little dots. Three little dot thingy. Little screen. All right. Something. Show timers, hide self. There we go. Share. Sorry, guys. Apologize. Okay, so I think you guys can see this. Um, and I would like to full screen this picture. Oops. Do, 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 do. Can you see that pretty good, bro? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is uh this is biblical cosmology. Okay. So the reason why I always go back to the Bible, um, because it is the only absolute truth that we have uh right now. Especially if you're Christian, we know that the only absolute truth we have is the Bible. Okay, so uh, as you see in this uh, diagram, we have the sun and the moon and the stars in what's called a firmament. Last time I went over the firmament, um, the, the root word would be raka, which means to beat out, which means to spread out. The word rakia, it, it means solid, expanse, uh, base support for the waters above. So... This is obviously going to be a small model if you expanded that model 
a lot bigger than it would look like the, the, the modern day flat earth model. So I do believe that these gentlemen that put their model together uh, got it from the Bible. You know, a lot of people maybe might not be believers, but the ideas all came, it's all biblical. So in the Bible, we don't have a magma earth, you know, in the Bible. We have Sheol in the earth. That's what all the Hebrews believed. That's what it seems to uh, refer to when you are listening to uh, the underworld being down. Um, you hear like, you know, you're going to go down to the underworld. Jesus, he ascended to heaven, which means he went up to heaven, right? Up would be here and down would be in Sheol. If you have a globe, then at the spinning, rotating, orbiting, there's no up and there's no down. Up is wherever. So when Jesus ascended to heaven, all he has to do is go up to heaven. When he descended into the earth, he just has to go down to Sheol. This is a flat, stationary plane, non-rotating, non-orbiting. When Elijah went up to heaven, all he had to do was go up to heaven. And uh, you know what? Let me just start my timer, bro. I'm so sorry. Um, uh, I'll, I'll make sure I only do seven minutes. Uh, anyways, so uh, when uh, Elijah went up to heaven, he went up to heaven. No problem. When he when um, Enoch went up to heaven, all he has to do is go up to heaven. When Jesus uh, comes in Revelation, it says that that God, he peels back the heaven like a scroll. One of the heavens is the firmament. So he peels the firmament back like a scroll. God's throne is above the firmament. Jesus comes in and every eye will see. That is possible on our model. Is that possible on a globe? A fourth of the people would see. Not, uh, you know, not every eye will see. So we have that. Um, the firmament is in Genesis 1.8. It's called heaven. There's three heavens. One of the heavens is where the moon, sun, and the stars are located. The second heaven would be the firmament. And the third heaven would be where God's throne is located, which is above the firmament. Um, I could go ahead and go over some verses for you guys to for you to understand what I'm talking about. Um, we have uh, Ezekiel 126. Let's do that real quick. Um, so Ezekiel 126 says that um 126 i like to read it straight out of the bible so ezekiel 126 says and above the firmament which is right here that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of sapphire stone upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness of an appearance of a man above upon it so when he's talking about looking through the firmament this is a vision all visions come from God uh, when it comes to prophets. If you look up uh, Numbers 12, verses 4 through 8, he says, I come to uh, prophets in visions and in dreams, right? And then uh, he comes to Moses face to face, speaks to him face to face. So uh, Ezekiel is having a vision from God. God says that above the firmament is his throne. He says it right here in Ezekiel 26, 1. And also, if you go to Ezekiel 10, 1, then I looked and behold, in the firmament was above the head of the cherubims. There appeared over it were a sapphire stone as, as the appearance of likeness of a throne. So now you have above the firmament is God's throne. Okay, so that way I can explain that to you guys. There's also windows of heaven, windows and doors to heaven. You might think, ah, you're crazy, Josh. Why would you say such a crazy thing? And then I would have to take you to Genesis when, um, when the flood actually happened, okay? Genesis 7, uh, it says that the one of the um, 
one of the things that happened is uh, the fountains of the great deep were broken up. Okay, so there's water underneath here, right? That's the great deep. That's the abyss. That's the abuso. And then you have windows of heaven being open. And it also rained for 40 days and 40 nights. So God said he opened the windows of heaven. He said it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And also the fountains of the great deep were broken. So if you see this dome, I believe, connected to Antarctica, and you have a flood, a worldwide flood, which we're going to debate that in a little bit. I, I want to ask you about that. All the water has to do is fill uh, the firmament and the highest mountain. It says 15 cubits is what the water ended up being over of the, over the highest mountain on the earth, which is the entire earth. And, and that's what happened. So the whole entire earth was flooded. We had the windows of heaven open. We had it 40 days and 40 nights and the fountains of the great deep were broken. Now, what happened as well is he closed the windows of heaven. It says it stopped. But if you look at that word, it means closed. He closed the windows of heaven. He made it stop raining for 40 days and 40 nights. And he closed the fountains of the great deep. Okay, so this it's very easy to explain in biblical cosmology when it comes to, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, not his model, the, the, the modern day uh, cosmology, what they're going to tell you is that, uh, you know, they're either going to tell you it's a local flood, which I think that's what Terrell's going to tell us here. Cause he told me that last time, or they, they say, you know, I don't know how they explain a, a full, uh, flood and, and what they'll tell you most of the time with pastors is they're going to tell you, um, uh, well, it, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and, you know, the fountains of the great deep were broken. And, and when you hear him say that the, the windows of heaven were open, all that means is that water, that's when it, the first time it rained. But I would have to argue the fact and say the windows of heaven were open. There's windows of in the firmament, which if you look up, uh, like I said last time, if you look up the book of Enoch, which we're allowed to bring any type of evidence here, the book of Enoch in, in uh, 89, it says that it's it was enclosed and the water filled. You know, that's that's exactly what I describe here. Um, it's exactly what's described when you when you when you uh, read about the flood. Um, if you guys want to read about the flood, I would like to go over the flood definitely, but, um, yeah. So if you guys look at that, it's, it's pretty interesting. Amos nine, six, it says that it's he who walks. Let's uh, read the actual verse. So I don't, um, so I don't screw that up. Um, Amos nine, six, let's go there. Amos nine verse six. Um, okay. So, so. So yeah, um, I'll, while I'm pulling that up real quick, I'll uh, so um, later. So we already kind of went over Amos nine six before, but the reason why I want to actually go over it, uh, you know, right here is because you're able to see the 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 biblical cosmology model. This was actually made from Logos Bible Study, right? So I think it's uh, it's exactly what you would if you were honest with the text. It's exactly what you would see if you if you were honest with the text. Okay, so. Uh, it this is the NASB 2020. The reason why I go with this one is because it has fault. Uh, it says uh, founded his vaulted dome. I think that's the best translation because of what I tell you what it means. It says the one who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and has faulted his, and has founded his vaulted dome. This right here, the firmament over the earth. Um, he who calls the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. Uh, if you look up the word face in geometry, it can never be the face of a sphere. It's always the face of the earth. But what I want to show you guys is he walks in the upper chambers of heaven. He founded his vaulted dome, which is the firmament over the earth. And uh, if you look at what that word means, it means uh, 
binding to the earth. It's what binds heaven to the earth. So this is what binds heaven to the earth. Okay, so I, I don't know how far I am right now. Let me check and see. I'm sorry, I might have taken a little more time, uh, Terrell. Uh, yeah, seven minutes. Perfect. That'll just be what I go over for right now, um, and then we'll we'll get a little a little deeper into it. So I could stop share if you want to. Do you want to take back over? Okay. Stop share. All right. We can or we could talk like this. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Okay. So the last time, then I pulled out images from the mystery explained, and it says exactly what you're saying. Yes. It shows the firmament, which is heaven. And you keep yes. using the term firmament whenever, depending on the translation that you use, that expanse or the firmament is in Genesis 1-8 called heaven. It is one of the heavens. Yeah, no, I agree. It is heaven. And so it's it's. Uh, I'm wondering why you keep running back to the first part of that verse, but you, whenever it says the firmament is heaven, that's the equal sign. That's what right. I... I I agree with you. I think the, yeah, I think the firmament is one of the heavens. Yeah, I think it's one of them. There's there's a three tier in, in the Bible. If you look up Colossians um, second, it's a two twelve. It talks about Paul going to the third heaven, which is where God's throne is located. So yeah. that's why I bring up that image. And I and know that covered... you're, I know that you. I know we covered that before. Yeah. But what what happens is you're saying that the heaven is 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 uh is not solid. But when you go through the Bible, it says that that, that oh, heaven... it's very solid. It's a realm. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's more like, more real than this. Physically realm. solid is what I mean. Yeah, physically solid, like a dome over the earth. That's what it, they're de describing there. Because because if the heaven is holding back the waters from the waters, if you keep reading it in Genesis right there, it's holding back waters from the waters. The Hebrews all believed the cosmology I was showing you right there, which would be uh you know Moses, which would be um, Isaiah which would be Ezekiel, which would be Jesus, because Jesus doesn't come here and say, hey, Hebrews, you got the wrong cosmology. You know, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say the Greeks are correct. You know, the the, the ones that are opposing the God of the Bible, you know, the, they're the correct ones. So go ahead, bro. Okay. Is this about the right size for you to, to, is, be able to visualize? Because uh, yes, sir. That's, that's I'm getting a little bit better, this Zoom, and this is you're too doing, small. You're doing great. You're doing great on Zoom. I, so, I like the way you present. So you can, is this kind of top to bottom on your screen? Because I want everybody to be able to see. So this shows the new heaven and the new earth that starts Revelation 21.1. And the firmament that you're describing, which is heaven. So here's David on the earth. These are his prophets and these are his priests. These are water witnesses. These are spirit witnesses. David is a blood witness. So he's doing on the earth what the lamb is doing in heaven above. Here you have the body of Elijah. Here you have the body of Moses. So the body of Christ is talked about. That's us, members of Christ's body, throughout the Pauline epistles. And then the body of Moses, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, start at verse 1, baptize into Moses. And then we extrapolate from that because we see the water witness and we see the blood witness that there is a body of Elijah, which is the angels. And you made reference. Oops. Hold on just a second. I dropped my note sheet. Hey, no worries, no worries. Ground and about Elijah going to heaven. You mentioned that. That's point number four that you made. And he goes and up, up to heaven. It, but it actually, says up like a bunch of times whenever yeah, someone goes up. Yeah, but heaven. actually, he just didn't just go. He was taken. He was taken yeah. in a chariot of fire. Yes, he was. And he, I agree. He was, he was taken up. And for me, those are the the hosts people, whatever you want to call them, that have been here for a very, very, very long time. And he's been 
working, Elijah's been working with them and they're going to be part of the restoration of all things. So, but then you mentioned Enoch going up, but Enoch, he went to be with God. So God is beyond this second realm. So he's the lucky one, if you will. He went all the way back to where we're gods in the infinite realm. But we see this. High. The first. That's why it's called the most high. I agree. But so, he's, he's physically the most high. I think he's at the highest point of creation. That's what I believe, you know, and that would be okay. above the firmament. Nobody's above uh, God well, besides well, Jesus. Yeah, is you at keep the right saying firmament and that is confusing because well, it the be firmament is heaven. Excuse me. You just Excuse pull me. up Genesis one keep, uh, verse breaking. eight. And it's going to it first it mentions the firmament that's above the waters above the waters below. And then the firmament is heaven. So if the firmament's heaven, we can just call it heaven. Can't we? That's what's um, right here. The firmament is going to be one heaven. Okay, there's three heavens. That's why Paul speaks of three heavens. So the firmament mm -hmm. is is this is the the Hebrew the, the the thing that I showed you is is from Logos Bible software and that's a that's a a Hebrew uh it's from uh, Dr. Michael Heiser which he's not a flat earther but he's honest with the text and he said that this is exactly the three tier that they believed if you read the Bible the entire Bible and you see this that's exactly what it physically would look like that's what it that's what all the words are describing the the firmament is not just heaven it's one of the heavens okay that there's three heavens that's why paul says i went to the third heaven and jesus right. is not we went in through the, that we went jesus through that last time in, jesus is never ever ever mentioned in the bible not even one time being in the firmament okay it the only thing that's that's described to be in the firmament are the moon sun and the stars genesis 14 through 19 so what god is saying is uh that he placed the moon sun and the stars in the firmament which is like inside and then the firmament holds back the waters above it's a solid there's nothing that can hold back waters that's not solid okay so when it says that the firmament is heaven all it's letting you know in the beginning i created the heavens and the earth the shemaim which is where the moon, sun, and the stars are located and where God's throne is located. In between God's throne and the earth is what's called a firmament, okay? That's what is solid. And, I, and I'm not trying to uh, deceive anybody. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that that's exactly what it is. If you're looking up the NASB, you should look up Amos 9.6 and find out it says vaulted dome, but go ahead. Oh. And it does say it's heaven. That That is true, but... Heaven could is also where the moon, sun, and the stars are located. You, you know that 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 they're referring to well, one I'm, of the heavens as being that too, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm letting you give your side, and I just want to give my side because Please, this tell expanse, me what the firmament is, or the expanse. What is the expanse? Well, God says what it is right here. He said, um, "Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters." So the waters okay. above and the waters below is what we're talking about. Okay. So let it separate the waters from the waters. So you have the waters that become the heavens and you have the waters that become the earth. And God made the expanse or the firmament, if you're doing the King James yep. and the translation, separated Firm. the waters that were below the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse or the firmament heaven. So I'm calling the expanse heaven. I'm not calling it firmament. I'm not I'm not adding to or taking away from what God's word says. It's called heaven. And that's what's in my diagram. Heaven. Right. And you can see right. David's below, and then you see the Lamb of God, which is in heaven. My father who art in heaven is in heaven, isn't he? I mean, he's my father who art in heaven. That's what Christ names his father. Except for that's heaven of Genesis 1:1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This is the other heaven. Okay. okay. okay now, whenever we go to 
because uh, I have exception when you're going to Paul and talk about three heavens. I understand what you're talking about, but let's talk. Let's look at what God's word says in First well, Kings eight twenty six and twenty seven. Let's okay. just look. Let's just look what it says. It says then, then God of Israel, let your words um, please be confirmed, which you have spoken to your servant, my father David. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. Heaven and the highest heaven. So according to Solomon and David, there's a heaven, which is heaven of Genesis 1.8, and there's a highest heaven of Genesis 1.1. Now that's the two heavens that this is referred to in these verses right here. God is right here. God indeed dwell on the earth. There's heaven of Genesis 1.8 and heaven of, and that's exactly exactly what my diagram shows okay there's a heaven right here see it's heaven yes and there's a heaven right here and this is the up here where you see christ jesus and we're seated in the heavenly places with christ in christ jesus ephesians 2 started four right we're seated with him with christ in the heavenly places in christ All jesus right. so these are these heavenly places see this highest heaven in heaven, that's directly out of God's word. It directly okay. out of God's word. Beyond that, beyond that, that is the is there's a there's a veil here, and this is three witnesses of spirit, blood, and water, and God, heaven, and earth. God, heaven, and earth, and so this heaven's heaven and earth right here is earth of Genesis one one open up in tabernacle form. So yeah. my diagrams begin very simply overlapping yep. circles and then they get more complicated and this is the near the end of the book whenever okay. you see all these put together so, so psalms, you go ahead let's go to psalms 19 1 okay so this is separating the heavens from the firmament okay this is what it says and it's also if you deny the firmament which you're not denying but people do deny it you're actually denying the handiwork of god it says psalms 19 1 the heavens declare the glory of god the heavens being where the moon, sun, and the stars are located, which people love looking at and worshiping, and also where God's throne is located. That's the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So the firmament is separated in this verse, okay? Um, there's also still waters above the heavens. In your model, there's no waters above the heavens. But if you go to Psalms 140 verse 8, he says, praise ye, he's talking about praise ye the moon and sun and stars, praise ye angels, praise ye waters that be above the heavens. So even David is saying there's still water above the heavens. When you separate water from water uh, on, on a physical creation, that which God did, that's what he's speaking of. He's not speaking of something spiritual. You have to have a solid, something solid to separate water from water, right? So that's what they believed back then, the Hebrews believed, and I still believe it now because I'm not going to be deceived by the new cosmology because it's coming from atheists and it's, it's a totally inverted from what God says. So when you see the word firmament used, okay, separate water from water. Firmament, it, they're using it, uh, God placed the moon, sun, and the stars in the firmament. It, it, and I already showed you that last time when it talks about the firmament being sky in, in, in some in, in different verses. Also, if you look up the actual word, you said that it is an expanse. It, that, that's the word that people use now when they compromise for science. But expanse, flat as base support, firmament, a vault of heaven supporting waters above. So it's still supporting waters according to, like I said, if you look up what rakia means. And it also says expanse, but it, it, in parentheses, flat as base support, that means that it's still supporting water. Extended surface, solid. 
okay? Considered by Hebrews as solid and supporting waters above. When I tell you that, it's because Rakia, even though you're trying to place it and be, have it become a, a heaven, um, where is God's throne located to you, Terrell? Like, where do you think God's throne is located? How far away? Because on your model, God would have to be outside of the universes and him be trillions upon trillions upon trillions of and millions upon millions of light years away. But if you look up Isaiah 40, 22, it is he who sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The way he sits upon that is because there is actually a firmament beneath him, right? I want to know how far away you think that God is located because he's actually looking at us like grasshoppers when it comes to Isaiah 40, 22. And he's, and he's also, the earth is his footstool. That doesn't work if it is the whole universe. Oh, oh, you're going to have to, you're throwing a lot out there. You're going to have to slow yeah, down, brother, just a little bit. Okay, go ahead. There's a lot of things that I've. Uh, that I would like to address. First of all, no, 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 that's, that's okay. Um, the first thing, oh yeah, we need to go back over here. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my wrong browser. That's the one that I'm, no, no I'm accustomed to working with. Okay. Because if we just go to John 118, John 118, read what it says. No one has seen God at any time. God, the only son, who's in the arms of the father has explained him. No one's seen God at any time because heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain him because God is infinite. Okay. So where is God? This is explained in my, in my and it's difficult to explain because God is, Christ is at the right hand of God, right? He's been raised above all the heavens, Ephesians 4, 8. He's been raised above all the heavens and seated or standing, depending on, at his right hand. Okay, so back over here, then I'm going to show you. It's, and again, this is explained in more detail in the mystery explained. This is God right here. This is God seated in Christ Jesus in the highest heaven. But he's there, but he's not there, but he is there. Now, here's the deal. There's a first veil. See the first veil right here? First veil. There's a second veil right here. This is set up exactly like the tabernacle of Moses in the temple. Now, God is infinite. God is in the infinite realm. It contains him. Okay, so there's a body of God, there's a body of Christ, and there's a body of Adam, these three realms. But this second veil right here is wrapped right around God's throne so that Christ is at his right hand. And I know that it's kind of like a typewriter, you know, the old style typewriters with a typewriter ribbon, the way that comes out of the spool and it goes around and then it goes. So this second veil is wrapped right around his throne. So everything on the other side of the second realm um, of the second veil is infinite. Earth and heaven, heaven and earth are, are finite. They're created. Genesis 1-1, they're both created. So the heaven is way much larger than the earth. So Mike, where Michael's fighting the archangel, those hosts are almost infinite. Each host is almost infinite. Th those in the earth are finite. So that's what Christ is saying when he says that John the Baptist is the greatest born of women. But he that's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. He that's least in the kingdom of heaven up here is Peter, but he's still almost infinite. So God is giving a lesson that everybody's going to understand in the future. Don't understand it now because John the Baptist, he is testifying as the son of God. Little less, Luke 3, uh, 38, Adam. He is testifying and walking just like Elijah for Adam, just like Abraham, just like David. He is one of the two olive trees from Zechariah 4, start at verse 11. So whenever 
Abraham and Sarah were walking the earth. That's Adam and Eve. I know it sounds crazy. David and Bathsheba. David is looking over into the bath of Bathsheba. That's the heavens. Because Elijah represents all the angels. That's why he never saw death, because the angels don't. And um, Elijah, or David, is looking over into the bath and seeing Bathsheba. That's Eve. Okay, so the two witnesses come together sometimes. Sometimes they come singularity. They come single, like Noah. That's a skin for Eve. Moses, that's a skin for Eve. She comes again and again. Sometimes they come together. The two witnesses at the end of the age, Revelation 11, Adam and Eve. But they have the same powers as Elijah and Moses because Elijah and Moses are Adam and Eve. So if you look at the Mount Transfiguration, Matthew, the, uh, Matthew 17, you see Christ in the middle, the Lord God, and you see Elijah on one side and you see Moses on the other. That is the last of the first. The first is the Lord God who made them in the garden, Adam and Eve. But th that's the first. The last is Elijah and Moses. And their bodies, they're all baptized in the body of Moses. They stand on the sea of glass. There's an invisible sea on the other side. So all of these things work together okay. with, the in with the correct interpretation of God's word. That's one of the points that I wanted to make is that you're given this biblical cosmology and it's based upon an interpretation. So this is your interpretation of God's word. Everybody should have their own interpretation. I've got mine, okay. you've got yours, but so, it is an interpretation. So yeah, it's it's basically what I do with the Bible is I just read it word for word. And then they came up with a model when you read it word for word. And that's the model they came up with when I was speaking, when I was telling you. So where would hell be located in your in your model? Inside, and, and not your, not your, not your mystery explained model. I'm talking about on our physical uh, earth right now. Where would hell be located in our physical? Not this, not, not what you're showing me here. What, what, in, what would it be inside the earth? There's actually pictures of it in the mystery explained inside the earth. You do believe so, it's in the earth. Absolutely. Say so there's a okay. paradise side wow. and there's a okay. Hades side. I, do, I believe a, that that's, that's in the new Testament. I definitely agree with that. That's going to be in the uh, last. And, and, um, and they can see each other across this yes. great chasm yes. yeah I okay agree. so those are three witnesses of spirit blood and water it's just they're inverted so why the, well, how come you believe the the bible in that sense but you don't believe it when it comes to the cosmology you know why why do oh, you, I, you believe I scientists, absolutely do scientists I, would I, never invoke that there's that hell is in the earth number one you can't lump me in with all scientists i'm not typical well, scientist number two um all scientists don't believe the same thing any more than christians do so we're individuals. You have your inter individual interpretation. I've got my so, interpretation. But God's word says exactly what I'm showing you. I'm interpreting okay. the same verses in a different way than you are. When you when you go from science to to spiritual, like you like you're doing right now, like can you give me one, uh, one or two verses that would support a heliocentric or geocentric? I mean, not geocentric, a heliocentric. Or what you what you explained, like gravity, or can you explain all these different things you're explaining? Is there any verses that you can show me biblically that that invoke the cosmology that you showed me in the beginning of the of you know in the beginning where it's a, a globe spinning, orbiting uh, around a sun? Is there any verses in the Bible whatsoever you could give me that would support your model? I don't think so, but that's not what the Bible's for. No, that's misapplication okay. we have we have telescopes what so there's okay. many ways to prove that but i'm <laughs> okay. walking into god's word that is great for reproof it's great for doctrine it's great for it's a living document it's great for many things but that's not right. what the bible is for in my view so whenever i gave my presentation okay. i didn't even I go to the bible that. yeah so yeah you didn't go to the bible whatsoever and every time i would go back to the bible 
I was hearing you say, which is fine because I love you as a brother. And, and you said it, it, since you want to keep going back to the word, which that's the only place that me and you could go back to. Because if we keep going to people that are atheists, you can, you can only have one master, right? One master, which means that the people that are atheists, even though they're not in a temple worshiping Satan or Baphomet, as you know, they're still worshiping Satan because you can only have one master. The, the master that me and you worship is different than the master that 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 these scientists that have come up with all these theories, you know, all of them. Uh, Copernicus, uh, he, they said he was a priest, you know, like, I mean, if I could go through all these guys and, and show you that they're not Christians worshiping Yahweh, they're, they're, they're worshiping the sun. They're worshiping, uh, you know, Jesuit, they're Freemason, all these things, even evolution. You know, you, I think you invoked evolution. I, I don't understand because when you read the Bible and you say there's no science to it, if you read Genesis, what does it start out with? That, that would be cosmology, the study of the heavens. It starts out with cosmology as soon as you read it. And then taxonomy happens when Adam starts naming them. Biology happens when God creates them. Uh, all these different sciences are happening. And for when people try to tell me that it's not a science book, Dude, it, dude, Jesus was there when 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 the earth was created, uh, 1 Colossians 15. For it to not be important, the creation story, that's like that's the reason why we could walk on the ground, the reason why we can eat, the reason why we could do all these different things. Also, uh, you know, uh, Genesis 3.13 is when the first mention of the Messiah. There's all these different things in Genesis that are important. I know, I know that you would invoke that, but I don't understand how people say that it's not a science book when it's actually explaining how the heavens and earth were created. That would be what astrophysicists dream if they would just read the Bible and then they would know exactly how it was created and, and when it was created and everything, you know? That's not what I said. I know. That's how but... you're interpreting what I'm saying. I'm saying, oh, obviously, the the Bible says exactly what creation is saying. So it does speak about the creation. The first yes. thing that happens is the earth is created. I'm not saying that. I'm interpreting Genesis 1 very differently than you are. So... Yeah, and that's fine. Do I want to go to the Bible to prove the anatomy of planets and stars? No. Do I want to do it for establishing the difference between uh, kingdom doctrine that Christ taught and grace doctrine that Paul taught? Yes. Do I want to show the differences between the law and the prophets for Israel and the gospel of the kingdom for for um, the kingdom disciples like Peter, John, and James and our gospel of the grace of God? Yes. That's what the Bible's for in my view. But to prove the anatomy of the planet, then I use observation and all the tools at my disposal, which includes telescopes. I don't need NASA. That's the point that you made. NASA faking images. I don't need NASA. Well, you showed a me. satellite. You showed a supposed satellite going over the Earth. There no, not supposed. Like... I showed you what's coming from the space station. But that's NASA. There's, there's plenty of no. There's plenty of uh, amateur astronomers that have telescopes that look at Jupiter and look at all the planets. They're rotating spheres. Every Can single I, one of them. Well, no, there's no there's no rotation that they ever see. Uh, I could. Oh, absolutely are. That's what it, when we, you're just looking through a telescope. There's you, well, you can see Pluto with a backyard telescope. You can yeah, see Jupiter. Okay, okay so, they're, they're kind of small until you get an observatory class telescope, but they're all seeing the same thing. So if there's this giant conspiracy, then there's millions, literally, of amateur people that have telescopes that look through and they're seeing the same things. They're not seeing this gigantic difference. And so I'm not saying, you know, that I should take even their word for it. Absolutely. But I can gather evidence. I'm a researcher. I go and gather the evidence. And for me, everything is explained. The shadows on the planet, the way the sun comes up and goes down. For me, it's round. And you've got a different model. And I appreciate that. I want to learn more about it. Yeah. But, so so the, the, I have six points written here. 
and NASA faking images, that is a gigantic conspiracy. In other words, you know better than the scientists of the whole globe. And we're and we're talking about enemies, China versus the United States. They're looking at <laughs> the, the same telescopes. They're drawing well, the same conclusions, even though they hate each other. Okay. okay. Then biblical so, cosmology, that's everybody's interpretation of God's word. Then well, the firmament is heaven. We already covered that. And Elijah went in a chariot of fire. God's throne, I showed you that. And then, oh, you asked me about the world war, worldwide flood. So whenever Elijah got ready to go across the um, Jordan River, then he smacked the banks and the water piled up on both sides. Literally um, says, if you look at the, the Hebrew, it literally says the water piled up on the other side. He Then he crosses and then the water comes oh. back together again. So it's very easy for God, God can do anything, to pile up the water on the land. That's why Moses never made it out of the, land, the, the promised land. He went to the what, northwestern edge of it and couldn't go any further because it was a local flood. That explains why there's kangaroos in Australia, because Moses... Whenever the ark landed, he did not travel to Australia. He did not travel to Australia to put back the kangaroos. And that, can so you, there's. Can you show assortment. me biblically? Can you show me biblically real quick uh, while I'm while I'm trying to share the screen? Can you show me biblically the flood where where you think it's a local flood? I want to show. I want, I want you to show me biblical evidence of that. Not not anything scientific, anything like that. Show me what you mean biblically when you say that it's a local flood. I would love to hear that because I don't understand it at all. Like like you don't understand okay. my cosmology. Okay, so it's explained. I don't need to pull anything up, but you're talking about the term erits in the Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, erits, it's right there. And as you go down Genesis 1, the term is reused over and over and over again to mean, first of all, the entire universe and then the local arm of the, depending on how you interpret. The Sagittarian arm that we're in, the, our planet, and then okay. our local Earth. So Eritz is the Earth, our literal spinning ball. Same word used for the entire universe. But by the time you get to Genesis 2 and you see Genesis 2, 4, then you see in that the Lord God is going to work. God's working Genesis 1. He rests in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. And then in Genesis 4, then you start the, the generations part. And when the Lord God is working, now he's working on this local planet. Eretz is the same term being used, but it means the land of the garden, the land of the garden. So this promised land, the land of the garden, is the land that's being dealt with from that moment forward. So the the population that went out in the land, Eretz, same thing. Okay, so then the bad seed corrupted the bad seed, and the Lord God had to deal with it. And whenever he did, then he had to wipe them out. Did not kill the Aborigines in Australia. Didn't kill the American Indians. Didn't kill. I mean, there's there's peoples that have been here for a long, long, long time. According but, to according to who? According to the scientists. Okay, there we go. So, all right. So, I would like. Okay, so I would like to go over uh, what you just talked about and and what the Bible actually says because I know that you what what happens is um, what happens is. We're switching back from science to biblical, science to biblical, explaining something that's a biblical uh, narrative. Like the biblical narrative is the flood. So if I read Genesis 7, I'm going to read it to you guys. And the Lord said unto Noah, come thou with all the house into the ark for thee. I have seen righteous before me in this generation of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee. Every clean beast. Okay, guys, um, by sevens, the male and female um, of the beast and 
and that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also, the air by sevens, the male and female, to keep seven alive upon the face of the earth. Uh, yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and every single su living substance that I have made. This is God speaking to, I'm going to tell you guys before I finish this. God is speaking to Moses and telling him this story. There's no way that there's that it, that Noah's telling uh, Moses the story, okay? We don't speak to the dead. God, this is a firsthand account from God. Listen to the language when I'm, when I'm talking about this. He says, every living substance that I have made, I will destroy off the face of the earth. And Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded. And Noah has 600 years old and the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his, and his son's wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood of clean beasts, of beasts that are not clean and of fowls of everything that creepeth upon the earth, everything. The, uh, there went in two and, and, and two unto Noah into the ark and the male and female and God had commanded Noah and it came to pass after seven days the waters of the flood were upon the earth and in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month the seventh day of the month the same day with all the mountains all the fountains of the great deep broken up the windows of heaven were open the windows in the firmament like I showed you guys and the rain was upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights in the self same day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth and sons of Noah and Noah's wives and three wives and the sons with them into the ark they and every beast after his kind the same way that God said I created every beast after its kind in Genesis uh, early on he says that every beast after his kind and all the cattle with their kind and every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth after his kind every fowl after his kind and every bird after his sort and they went into the ark two of the uh two of all flesh were in, in the breath of life and they went in went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded and the Lord shut him in and the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lifted up above the earth. And the waters prevailed, were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all high hills that were under the whole earth, okay, were covered. All of them, okay, 15 cubits upward. Did the waters prevail and the mountains were covered? So every single mountain on the entire earth nope. was covered in the land. So well, you're translating okay. Eretz as earth, and I'm translating as land, and it makes perfect sense. Okay, so 50, well, if you go into the New Testament, uh, it talks about it in Hebrews. It's, it talks about the whole earth being flooded. Uh, also, uh, I'd have to go to those verses, but all, and it says, and all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl, of cattle, of beast, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man. Okay, guys, every man. This is God speaking to Mo. I mean, to Moses, telling him this story. This is not Moses making his own story up. Okay, and it says, and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the earth, both man and cattle, the creeping things, the fowl of the earth, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they were with him, and and those that were, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth, hundred and fifty days. Okay, guys, first of all, we got to understand something. This is an uh, an immense judgment upon the earth. Because in Genesis 6, if you go to Genesis 6, I don't want to take a bunch of time up, but we're actually reading out of the word, so this should be okay with you. Um, Genesis 6, it talks about 
the, the fallen angels coming down in Genesis 6 through 4, it says there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God, which are angels, came into the daughters of men and they built children in them, the same became mighty, which were of old men of renown. When you read that verse, Genesis 6, 4, and you find out what was going on there, you understand why God would have to flood the entire earth because we have Nephilim, which is like, you know, if you have um, angels coming down, having sex with humans, women, and having and having Nephilim, which are giants. So now the DNA is, is messed up, right? So, and then it says that every thought was corrupt. Okay, every thought. That means every thought, right? Not, doesn't mean some, and they were violent and all these things were happening on the earth at that time that people need to understand what provoked the flood. But I'll let, I'll let you go. But when I read that, guys, understand the language. Every, all, every, all. That's all you hear the whole time when you when you read Genesis 7. But go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> Pardon me. Give me biblical proof of the flood. No, I'm not going to give you my reasoning. Because, okay, please do. Okay. So when you, whenever you translate, the earth, every time you said earth, the whole earth, if you, as soon as you translate that into land and it's the local land of the garden, it all makes perfect sense. And it also explains everything in the world because there was no, like I said earlier, there's no trips to Australia. There's a diversity of animals there that if they were wiped out and they came off the ark, how did Noah get them back over there to Australia, across the ocean? He never went across the ocean. He was stayed in the land. The, the seed corrupted her, your seed corrupted her seed from Genesis 3.15. That was right here in the land of the garden. Okay, So the animals or, or the people, Chinese people, are you going to tell me that the Chinese people and the Aborigine people and the American Indians all came from Noah? Well, no. I no. can tell They've you been this. been around for a lot longer Hold than on. Noah. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Do you know that the that the Hebrew are are at the actual Indians in America? They actually said that that people came over in a boat to to North America. I'm talking about this is not from the flood, but and and actually they they knew certain things that the the current people that claim to be Hebrews now uh, didn't have in their ceremony. So they actually had to, and this American Indians showed them part of their ceremony, and then they actually ex accepted them as Hebrews. Okay, so what I want to tell you is this. We there's there's incredible things in the Bible, like, uh, for example, Jonah being in a fish for three days, uh, you know, Elijah raising people from the dead, uh, Jesus coming, you know, resurrecting after three days, uh, him being able to make people walk again, blind see, deaf hear. All these incredible things happen in the Bible. And I never question how God did it, you know what I mean, or how Elijah raised that person from the dead through God or the Red Sea being parted. Science cannot explain any of this stuff. But what we have to do is understand that God is in control. And if you want to invoke science, why don't you? We know they said Pangea that all of the 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 um all of the continents were together at one time. That's scientific. They say that. I don't believe science all the time, but think about it this way. This is just me telling you what could have happened. What if all of them were together before the flood, and then the flood happened, and all the fountains of the great deep were broken, and then they spread apart? How do you know that that didn't happen? But God can do anything. I don't think he, you know, a man could ever have all the animals come to the flood either. God had to be the one leading the charge. And God can do miracles. God can do anything. So you say that, oh, he had to drop them back off in, 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 uh, in Australia. That is, 
dude, that's not something that I have to like correlate in my brain because God is the one that did it. So I, that's, that's all I'm invoking. And I don't think that just because people tell you that uh, Indians are older than the Bible, are you saying that like American Indians are older than the Bible or just older than Noah? Way Terrell? older, way older, older than the Bible. The Bible is relatively young. Okay. You know, I'm talking was... about when I'm talking about, is it older than like Adam and Eve? Are they older than Adam and Eve? Like all the American Indians and all the Chinese no. and all the people? No, of course not. Okay. That's what I mean. I'm sorry. So what, what, so did everybody that's on this earth come from Adam and Eve? Directly and indirectly, because some of them came from the waters of Genesis 120, just like the fish, just like the beasts of the field, just like the birds of the air. Oh, now you're invoking evolution on the Bible. You're placing something that, that the Bible does not say. Everything oh, came after it, its kind. No, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't say it according to your interpretation. No, no, it no. It does bro. say it according to my interpretation. Absolutely. You read it word for word, it says everything came after its kind. You don't become monkey and become man. That doesn't happen in the Bible at, at all. God doesn't make us idiots and I'm stupid. not saying so you're putting words in my mouth. I'm not no, saying no, no. men came from monkeys. You said the fish God of the made sea. monkeys and absolutely everything came so, from single cells out of the waters. Look at Genesis 120. Oh my goodness. Teeming okay. with waters. Okay, now look, you have people in Genesis 126 through 28. People. I understand. Okay. But Adam and Eve don't come along to chapter two. Well, it takes millions of years for something to evolve. So it doesn't, I mean, are you saying that, that Adam was a million years old? Or are you saying that Adam was only 700, like, like when he died, 700 and something? Let's look at Genesis 1. And there's Please. people in Genesis 1, 26. There's people there. 26, 27, Genesis 28. And they're subduing. Let's go yeah, to the actual sub word. What, what, are we, what are we referring to here? Genesis 1, 26. And through okay. 28. Yeah. Let us make man in our image. Right. Let us. Yeah. And who's he speaking to? God who is is speaking to God who was and God who is to come. All right. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Okay. So how does that invoke oh. that? Okay. So those are people that are here like the Chinese, like the American Indian, like the Aborigines. They've been here for a long, long time. Adam and Eve come along in Genesis 2. Okay, These so are seventh-day people. So they're sixth-day people, okay, and they're so seventh-day people. They, the sixth-day people are RH-positive exclusive, like the Chinese. They all are RH-positive, all of them. So okay, 99 okay point. I, know, I understand what you're invoking. American Indians gonna... are the same way. Aborigines are the same way. They have same features and characteristics, and they've been here a long time. The Seventh-day people, you and me, gods from God's infinite realm, we're here for the purpose of judgment. They're not here for the purpose of judgment. They are the members of Adam's body in God's infinite realm on the day he was made. Other gods like Adam incarnated inside of him. Okay. That's us, Seventh-day people. It's all explained in my book. Okay, so we're Seventh-day people. We're descended from Adam's most recent incarnation, Genesis 2-7. Well, actually, it's Genesis 2-3-21 uh, when they were put in skins. That's Adam's most recent incarnation. Now, that's where the lineage begins. We're part of that. But that is 12,500 years old. The, the, uh, the oldest people that they're discovering in Africa, the Lucy, two and a half million years old. Now, these six-day people have been around a long, long, long time. The people that took Elijah up in the chariot of fire, they've been here a long, long, long time. There's reptilian races here. There's amphibious races here they, that precede mammalians. Even being on the planet, you got dinosaurs, you got the extinction of dinosaurs in the earth, and you got a long history on our planet. 
but most recent is the seventh day people that are here for the purpose of judgment, Hebrews 9, 27, because of our participation in the satanic rebellion. Now, the six day people that have been here, like whenever the Europeans came to America, they found the Indians. Okay. And they just pretty much obliterated the Indians. I'm part Indian, by the way. But that is what happened in Adam with the seventh day people represented by the Europeans. And then the six day people that were already here, all of the Indians that were here are H positive. Just like the Chinese, just like okay. the Aborigines. They have, so this is, I've this done is the all case. the research on this for decades, and I know what the truth is, but I share it as one interpretation, just my interpretation. But that's okay. my interpretation explains everything from the science and everything from God's word. And it says that the flood was local. It explains why there's kangaroos, and and it, it, it didn't say that I will bring you all the animals. It told him to go get all the animals. But okay. he would do that for all so, the, what's in the land. But there's way too many animals on the planet to fit into that arc if you're using every plant, every animal on the whole planet, elephants and just with okay. grass. So and what about God's promise? You know, it says uh, Titus 1, 2, that God cannot lie. Uh, Hebrews 6, 17, thus God determined how abundantly the heirs of the promise immediately his counsel confirmed by an oath by two immutable things to which it is impossible for God to lie. So when God talks about, you know, him not flooding the earth again, you're saying that he's not going to flood the land again. Um, I don't understand because look, Genesis uh, 9 verses 8 through 17, then God, this is God speaking, spoke to Noah and to his sons with him saying, and as for me, behold, I established my covenant with you, with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle and every beast of the earth with you of all that go out with this ark, every beast on the earth. Thus, I established my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off of the waters uh cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. Now there's so many floods that are destroying the land. Hurricane Katrina, there's floods in Israel. They just had one December 13th, flooding Israel, okay? So never again shall I be a flood to destroy the earth. If you're going to place land there, then God would never have a flood again. We're constantly seeing flood after flood after flood happening. So this cannot be true if God said, I will never Again, shall there be a flood to destroy the earth? Okay, if you look up the word earth, it can mean land. Yes, I agree. But there, I believe he's speaking of the earth because there's why would he even promise us that he has a rainbow telling us that he's, there's going to be a covenant for me to never flood the earth again? He's talking about the whole entire earth. This is a giant judgment. And for you to say it's a local flood, why didn't he just tell uh, uh, Noah, hey, Noah, Take your family and go to Mesopotamia because I'm about to flood the lands. He has to have him make an ark and do all this stuff. And uh, and why did the, those people that are only there have flooded all those men, women, and children? And then all the other Chinese, Australians, and, and, and Native Americans and all these other people that you said were alive, why do they get to live when they're not even worshiping Yahweh? Because they're members of a dispensation. They have direct dispensation with God Almighty. They are being fruitful and multiplying, according to Genesis 1.1. That's a household that is the entire population of the planet. But, see, whenever you said God spoke to Moses, God never spoke to Moses. The Lord God did. Well, it's an important... I invoke it being, being God speaking to Moses. I know no, that you it know, is most, but well, it's, it's okay. The most, well, He's still not going to lie. Okay, even if you well, do have your train of thought he's still not going to lie to moses it's important because genesis 2 1 through 3 god rests god is resting on the and where seventh he is day. and where he is resting the seventh day is this day of the, that the priest works and it's the and consecration it work and that's the lord god 
who began working. So the Lord God is the one that is speaking with Moses. And God rested in the Lord God. That's the important thing to realize. God is in Christ reconciling the world to himself, right? Second Corinthians 5, start at six, well, uh, six, verse 19. What about that promise I just told you about? Please please expand on that. I don't understand okay, how so, that's, that's even, that well, covenant that promise, would not be real then. This is a this is a dispensational issue. So Moses, um, Noah, and the righteous branch is what's being dealt with here. The righteous branch is what's being dealt with here, and that righteous branch is going to continue through the three sons of Noah, and that's where all of the civilization came from. That branched out from Mesopotamia into Europe and that part of the world. You said the righteous branch. That's right. Okay, righteous branch, righteous go branch to... but Nimrod comes through Shem, and Nimrod ends up trying to build the Tower of Babel and try to kill God. So what do you mean the righteous branch? How are they righteous? Because before, before, whenever Noah was in the world, then all the, the, the seed that was around them was corrupted. All of it was. God had to wipe, Lord God had to wipe it all out. So, but whenever um, Noah was brought through and his three sons, then the righteous branch. Now, the righteous branch is righteous all in their three. generations. That's what you mean. I'm sorry. You're talking about righteous in their generations, well, but the well, righteous. In, you in go back to the, when you go. Yeah, you go back through the lineage. Then when you get to Christ, when you go through David and you get to Christ, then that's the righteous branch. Okay, that's one branch. That doesn't mean that all the branches are righteous. Because like you say, and there's different prophecies for different for Ham. He's going to be a servant. He's going to serve his brothers and and um, all that. So that is the local land of Mesopotamia, the promised land that we would commonly know as Iraq. It's, all, it's from the Nile to the Euphrates, and it has... That's its location, and that was what being dealt with, and that's the area that was flooded. That explains why the Chinese were not affected, and that explains why the Australians weren't affected, and that explains why there's still kangaroos over there. They weren't killed and dragged out of the ark or anything like that. It explains the number of animals that, that Noah could possibly get into his ark, which would be local animals from that land right there. All makes sense to me. That's why you could bring seven of something. If you tried to grab two of every animal, there wouldn't be room on the ark. You wouldn't have room for half seven of this and that and the other. That's, there was, that's called there being was, doubting Thomas. That's what, that's what you're doing. You're doubting God. No, but, I'm in, I'm interpreting the well, Bible differently than you. I believe mightily in the Almighty God, but okay, you're interpreting it differently. And I believe my interpretation's right, and you do. And so you give yours, and I give mine, and and but, all these viewers and listeners they can decide. But notice, notice what I'm doing though, um, guys. Uh, and and it's okay. I understand you're interpreting it differently, but if you guys notice. What I'm doing is I'm reading the Bible word for word to you, and I'm not giving you an interpretation. All I'm telling you is what the Bible says, and I'm not twisting the words, and I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just telling you exactly what it says. And you might think I'm when it when, like when someone says to me like in the court of law, you say shall or you say all or every. That's that's what it means, and God means everything He says, right? So it says that this is a sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for sign for the covenant between me and the earth, because He'll never flood the earth again. You know, if the reason why you have to do mental gymnastics that some people do when they're talking about a local flood is because it opposes science and it opposes the water ball that everybody's addicted to. But if you have the flat uh, uh, plane with a with a dome over the top, like I showed you with the Hebrew cosmology, there's no problem with the water rising above the, the highest mountain and for the water to be going down. If it's 15 cubits above the highest mountain, which is the, the whole entire earth, there's no problem with that. So what happens is, 
Uh, Charles Lytle is the one that came up with this theory in the first place. He's part of the Royal Society in England. He was actually a geologist, not a pastor, not anything like that. This, this is a guy that's a geologist that said that this is a local flood. This is not a worldwide flood, but he's doing the same thing that you're doing. No offense to you, but he's taking science and, and, and he's trying to uh, filter the Bible through science. Instead of taking science and filtering it through the Bible, what happens is this happens a lot, but it's taking away the judgment of God. Every thought of every human being on the entire earth was evil continuously. Also, the, the Genesis 6 thing happened, which was the DNA getting construed. That's why it says that, that the perfect generation that you're talking about is genealogy of, of, of Noah. That means he had perfect genealogy. He didn't have the uh, contorted DNA from the, the fallen angels in Genesis 6. So it's okay for you to believe it's a local flood, but it doesn't make sense when you read the Bible word for word. And also that promise that God makes, it doesn't make sense because there's he floods the earth all the time. So what is the promise then? What is, what is the promise for you in your local flood model that God's not going to flood the earth again, the land again? He floods the land all the time. So what no, promise not, is he holding? No, not like Noah's flood, not the entire land of the garden. He hasn't done <laughs> that since. There's so no just, wording just, there just, for the course, garden, though. Oh, it's just the land. But you're interpreting that as... So I, I'm going to continue to interpret it properly, in my view, as the That's land. Okay. And right. you're going to continue to interpret it as the entire earth, even though there's no scientific evidence. All I'm doing is gathering evidence, whether it's from the science or from the Bible. I'm gathering all the evidence and doing my best to draw the accurate conclusion on that very honestly just like you are and we are and every time we read the bible every word must be interpreted whether it's coming from me or from you or from anybody so you're always going to be given your interpretation i'm going to give mine and everybody else is going to give theirs that's why there's twenty thousand different denominations of professing christians and one truth so I, i'm understanding more and more about the flat earth and how you think it makes it's making more sense maybe i can devise a better presentation you no know, no you, you do you do fine it's not that I, I just i just um yeah i think you do fine presenting what you believe and i think people they they got it i just to, to everybody that's terrell's um side like when, when i'm talking here guys i'm not i'm not trying to deceive i'm not trying to nasa anybody you know i'm i'm not trying to beguile anybody um what i do is i read the bible word for word and then that's that's what i make it be you know, and that's that's all I do. So if anybody has an issue with it, I mean, leave a comment and let me know what, what I'm doing wrong. But I'm really just trying to read the Bible and uh, for what it is. And I'm not saying, hey, I'm right. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And I think the Bible is right. I don't think that we should ever try to take because um, here's the thing. We know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities of evil. So it's always God versus the devil. And the devil is here to deceive. So when you go into the scientific uh, realm, what you're trying, what you start seeing, which I know that you understand this, uh, Terrell, you start seeing an inverted version of of things that the Bible says. Inverted, as in evolution, trying to say that things become, you know, macroevolution, change from, you know, be becoming a, a, an amoeba to becoming a human. That's not what the Bible says. Everything comes after its kind. The Big Bang theory is millions, billions upon billions of years. What does the Bible say? 6,600 from Adam, right? And then we, you know, around there. I'm not saying exactly. Um, and then what does uh, the cosmology say in, you know, is, is that the stars came first, the sun came first, and then the earth. Now, can I ask you a question, Terrell? When it comes to the cosmology, what came first uh, on, on the, what the true cosmology of, of this uh, realm, what came first? Earth. 
Okay, Genesis that's because the Bible says it, right? Yeah, but it, everything was one. Everything in this universe was one thing. And the, the, the hosts that were on there were living souls, kind of like Adam of Genesis 2-7. Nobody was born. God made everybody. And, and nobody died for ages. So there's a, Ecclesiastes 1 started 9. You know, there were ages that existed before us. Ages, multiple ages that existed before us. And Ephesians 2, um, 4 through 7, then Paul talks about the ages to come. We're going to be here a long time. There's ages mm -hmm. before us and there's ages after us. So this notion of 6,000 years um, that the world's been around, this young earth thing, absolutely is not going to work. So when were the dinosaurs? There's plenty of bones around. What, I'm looking what, at the Grand dinosaurs? Canyon and all these layers, <laughs> right? I'm looking at all these layers of sediment that the ocean was there and then not the ocean and then the ocean. You're talking about millions and That's millions. That's from the flood. That's why you're seeing that because the flood comes through and you're seeing No, no, no. I'm not talking about the creation of the Grand Canyon. I'm talking about the layers, the sediment. The different layers came over time. So the, all that was dust and it came down, then it packed on top of another layer, another layer, another layer. It takes a long time to do that. And then, the yeah, okay, so you want to say the flood created it in one time. How are you going to wear down all that rock in one event? It's not going to happen. It takes a long time. What about the fountains of the great being broken? Water coming from below, water coming from above. This is a massive, massive thing, you know? So, yeah. Anyways, so. Absolutely. All right, so we have we kind of we kind of went over the 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 local flood uh, and and the flood. I think people can read the Bible, read Genesis uh, chapter six through nine. You're going to be able to see what I'm talking about. That um, you know, th it's a it's a newer theory from like the 1800s or something. It came from a guy Charles Lytle, which Charles Lytle, which is not even a, a um, not even a minister or pastor or anything like that. And he doesn't even believe in God. He's a theist, so he believes there's a God. But he comes in. He poisons the well like Satan always does, and it makes people think, okay, well, the flood was local, which I, there's not a lot of people that I think that invoke that, but some people do. And you know what? You have every right to interpret the Bible how you feel, but um, I, I just think that we should read the Bible for what it is, understand the grand scheme of things, read it in context, read it like, you know, when you hear words like all and every and all and every through the entire Genesis, you know, Genesis 6 through 9, and also um, Genesis 6, 4. If you're listening to this right now, Terrell, on your side, which I think maybe maybe you do invoke this, I'm not sure, read that passage and find out what sons of God are in the Bible. In the Old Testament, sons of God are always angels, okay? In the New Testament, we become sons of God, right? Because we get adopted in. But sons of God is a direct creation of God. So understand that. So that's an angel, and that's Adam. That's the two direct creations of God. So we have... Uh, Genesis 6 is actually fallen angels coming down, shedding their Oketarian, which is their heavenly body, and having sex with women and Nephilim being born. That's why I believe the flood had to be invoked. It was to, to take out the Nephilim, which are earth-born. They're not made in God's image. They have no salvation. And uh, that's what I believe. You guys need to read that passage and, and study it. What do you think, Terrell, about Genesis 6? Since we're we're getting close to the end, I think we had a, a, a fruitful discussion. What's your okay. thoughts on Genesis 6? I'd love to hear that. Okay, so these are sons of God, and they're, they are created in God's image, too. It's just, you need to have an understanding of what that means, spirit, blood, and water. In other words, they have a spirit, soul, and a body, okay? And see, so whenever you get to, uh, like David, Psalms 82, 6, you are gods and sons of the living God. So from the infinite realm, that's, we all come from there. We're all sons of God in God's infinite realm. And we are incarnate here. 
we're incarnate in heaven. We're fighting with Michael the Archangel against the dragon. Right now, some of us are fighting with the dragon and don't know it. They're deceived. Okay. And so also we're here on the earth and we're doing things already done. Because yes, he's one. We're doing things already done. This is on earth as it is in heaven, as it is in God's infinite realm. So they are the, the ones you're referring to, the Nephilim, they're sons of God too, in God's infinite realm. Thing is, they're on Satan's side. We're on God's side. But we are here to be judged, Hebrews 9, 27, either as perpetrators in the Satanic Rebellion or as victims in the Satanic Rebellion. So that's why we suffer here, because we suffered in God's infinite realm, the Satanic Rebellion. They were destroying us. So the darkness, Ephesians 6, 12, that you're referring to, principalities, dominions of this darkness, that's the same darkness of Genesis 1, 2, the darkness upon the face of the deep. That's the feature and characteristic of this evil age that we're in right now. There's a battle that's going on. Michael the Archangel and the Dragon. It's frozen motionless, by the way, almost infinite realm. Those bodies are like constellations from our perspective here on the earth. And we're redoing things that are already done. So those Nephilim that you're referring to, they had to be destroyed out of the land of the garden. They were infiltrating the seed that was in the land of the garden. That's where the seed was. So obviously that's where they would be attacking them. And then they had to be taken out. That's what the flood was for. Okay. So you so, believe that as well. Okay. Yeah. I believe that um, happened too. So yeah. You, you, and are you, in, do you invoke that it's fallen angels coming down and having sex with human women? It was the, uh, the sign in the rainbow you talked about. So here's the deal with that. So green was not in the rainbow. There were six colors in the rainbow previous. Yeah. Then the, that allowed that the green is the barrier. It's not used by the plants, by the way. It's the barrier that was placed. So whenever Noah, before this covenant was made, when he looked at the rainbow, he saw six colors. That was normal, like carbon, six, the number six throughout everything. Now it's seven because God, the Lord God changed it. So the Nephilim could come through from the next realm because of the light, the features of the light, even the sunlight. But whenever the Lord God changed the sign in the rainbow to the green, now those spiritual beings cannot, they can no longer come through the veil and to be with women. So that's part of the covenant. That doesn't happen anymore like it did previous. Now, again, that's my, done this research for decades and looked at every nook and cranny. So it's well-developed, likely not going to be changed my mind in debate, but you are sowing seeds. And if they are good, then they will grow in the fertile ground of my heart. That's the yeah, way this works. And you're, and you're also, you're sowing seeds too. You know, I, I think that, um, I think it was a fruitful conversation. Um, you guys can go back, read, read Genesis six through nine, please. I would love for you guys to read that. Um, and, um, I think, you know, you guys could decide, and this is not, this is more of a discussion right here. This is not even like really a debate. We're kind of just, uh, exchanging ideas. I think last time it was more of a debate this time. We're just kind of, you know, we're just going through things. So I think it was fun. It was also, it was awesome. Um, one thing also I want to bring up, uh, stars in the Bible, guys, if you look up stars in the Bible, um, you know, uh, sometimes they're referred to as angels. Sometimes they're referred to as stars, you know, like it says, I created the moon, sun, and the stars also. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, Ecclesiastes one, five, it talks about sun ariseth and sun goeth down. If you click that, it's actually means sun going forth, which is away. And sun coming forth. So, and even if it was the sun rising, that'd be something that doesn't happen in the heliocentric model. 
but I think that's interesting. Um, and you know, if you guys could just go through everything that we talked about, uh, look at the the Hebrew cosmology as a, as opposed to the scientific cosmology. And I think what uh, Terrell is doing um, is he's he's studying the science and studying the Bible. And um, you know, that's just the way that he rolls. You know, so that's something that you guys could do if you want to if you guys choose to do that. Um, if you want to just you know stick with the Bible and then only filter. Uh, the science through the Bible, I think. Uh, I think you will find out that there's there's a there's an inverted version of what uh, you know they say as opposed to what the Bible says. But yeah, thank you for this discussion, brother. I had a good time with you. It was fun, Terrell. Do you have any questions for me before we get off? Uh, no. I think we've covered this topic very well, and to the best of our ability, based on our understanding of the other's position. It it really you're presenting your views. Debate is the presentation of opposing views. We do have that, and we can continue to have that. Absolutely fine. We both still worship God, and yeah. God is Christ is in in, in uh, incarnate in our hearts, and we are looking at all the evidence around us, whether it's scripture, whether it's science, and making the judgment to the best of our ability, and trying to do our best to help others, you know, to see the same. Well, I yep. appreciate you and uh, your efforts, and I appreciate the ability to come here and share. And next time we'll talk about the nine living inside job. Yes, which would be awesome. Uh, so March 30th, right? That's what, that's when you're going to come on? Yes, that's, 7, that's 7 a.m. on yep. the 9-11 topic. 5 a.m. for me. <laughs> 5 a.m. for you, yep. Amen. Well, uh, All right, let's do it. All right, so everybody that's listening, we appreciate Go, uh, Go to just – you could actually just go to YouTube to put in Terrell Croft, and uh, you'll be able to pull up his YouTube. Can, can, you mind if I have just a second? And I can if you share my, If I share my screen, <sighs> just give yeah. me one – even just one minute, I'll share my screen. Okay, cool. It came up. Okay, and I'll close this, and you can see, you know, what my screen is. That's been my desktop for forever. And then I wanted to pull up just my website, my name Terrell zero three dot com. This is my website right here. You see, there's a scripture section right here. Two Gospels, the New Testament, two churches, four baptisms. This is according to the structure of my book, The Mystery Explained. You can get a signed copy of my book right here click right here you can get a signed copy international or local this is what it looks like and whenever you subscribe just 25 dollars a year for a mystery report newsletter subscription then you get access to all the newsletters going back to 2019 in a dropbox folder and you get a free copy of my book the epub version attached to your notification email then you get your the extended version and my 9-11 book attached. You might want to get your hands on that 9-11 book before our debate. Whenever you get your nanosilver, strengthen your immune system, build your immune system up. And um, I think that's, uh, you subscribe down below, get your nanosilver, watch the presentation. This lady will tell you all about it and the miracles. I have other interviews if you want to check it out, biological weapon stuff. Won't go into that too much. And then check me out on, over on Substack. This is uh, some of the articles that you'll see my interviews and you guys can check me out at terrell.substack.com and that's it appreciate you letting me do some little selfless shameful promotion <laughs> <laughs> well guys uh that's that's how terrell you know uh he actually has a book uh mystery explained you know he makes a living like that so if you guys could purchase his book i would definitely appreciate that you know i mean he comes on i don't pay him to come on he doesn't pay me to come on it's just really just a uh it's it's him taking his time out to come on and, and speak to us here and uh you know we appreciate that for sure so 
Check out his uh, Substack. Check out his book. He has some amazing stuff. And on March 30th, we're going to be going over 9-11 is an inside job, which is really, really going to be an interesting episode. So please tune into that on both sides. Everybody on Terrell's side, we love you. We appreciate you. If you want to, if you want to subscribe to me, it's Josh Monday Music and Podcast. And we have all different studies and uh, conspiracies, Christian and conspiracies. We take a conspiracy show you how it relates to the Bible. Check us out. Everybody on my side, we appreciate you guys listening. We love you. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for, for tuning in. So um, please subscribe to my YouTube and, and also give us a five-star review. And also Terrell, subscribe to his YouTube, Terrell Croft. Um, all right, we'll end this in prayer. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, you are so amazing for letting us have this uh, you know, this discussion. Um, I just want to say, anybody, hopefully we planted seeds, Lord. If you could, please uh, water those seeds with the word, help people get closer to the word of God. I think it's uh, you know, your word, your Bible. I, I really, th- I take it literally like, you know, Lord, and I just love it so much. I think it comes alive. Uh, we appreciate all the tools you give us to be able to study the Bible, the lexicons, the, uh, you know, the Strong's Concordance and for us to be able to understand, you know, what, what you were trying to convey to Moses, to Isaiah, to uh, Ezekiel, to, uh, you know, to all these different prophets you spoke to Moses, you know, you spoke to him face to face, Lord, I just really appreciate uh, everything you do for us. That's, that's the, I love the food, the water that we get to eat, um, the, the water we get to drink, you know, we're not in, in war right now, um, but there is countries in war right now. We want to pray for, uh, uh, pray for Palestine and also pray for Israel and also pray for Russia. And I want to also pray for, um, for, um, uh, I don't know why it's not coming to my head. Uh, Russia is going against uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. So I just want to say, Lord, I want to pray for both sides, all sides of the wars. Please let peace happen. Uh, and uh, if you could supernaturally uh, come in and get involved. And I know there's going to be wars and rumors of war in the end times. And if this is striking the end times and it's going to happen, I know it's your will. So let it be done. But I just want to see if you could put a, a order of protection over the innocent that are getting slayed and killed. For these wars, I, I was in, you know, I was deployed in the military. Um, uh, you know, uh, we, we get to see things and stuff that, that happens. And, you know, and, and I just want to say, Lord, please protect the, the, the soldiers' families and also protect the families from the soldiers. Because I think it, a lot of stuff is happening, Lord, that is, uh, it's just, it's tearing, tearing people's hearts up and it's making people do, do crazy things like light themselves on fire and all this stuff, Lord. I mean, we don't need to go that far. We just need to see if you could, you know, help these demonic evil luciferians see the light and and come to you and take take your advice and not satan's advice lord so please help us with that i love you so much lord and we appreciate you in jesus name amen thank you for this fruitful discussion terrell uh i love you brother and i really appreciate everything you do man and everybody if you could please subscribe and leave us a five-star review god bless you